weekend is not complete without the First Lady of New York Radio. It's the Joan Hamburg Show. Welcome to the Joan Hamburg Show. And when my guest walked into the studio, Dr. Mark Hyman, people were like, oh my gosh, Dr. Hyman is so young. And the truth is, when he told us, and I've known him since our early Canyon Ranch days, when Dr. Hyman told us that he was in his 60s, we we were really all astonished. And without exaggeration, I would say the guy looked like 40-something, right? Yeah, I'm asking Kevin, our producer, and he agreed. He couldn't believe he was in his 60s. And according to Dr. Hyman, whose latest book is on longevity, you can do it. It's as simple as what you eat and a little exercise, like every day. Do it. Force yourself to do it, and you'll look like Dr. Hyman. Not bad. Pretty good, as a matter of fact. Anyway, we've got a great show. We've got the famous Dr. Hyman, who's going to give you secrets to living long, healthy, happy, works for him, and a very famous actor who's starring in his own one-man show on Broadway. So you're going to have a great Sunday. In fact, every Sunday at 2 o'clock, come on and join the fun, the Joan Hamburg Show. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Joan Eats. I was driving out to Long Island recently to visit friends, and the woman that I was with grew up in that part of the world. She said to me, have you ever been to Zorn Phage? Well, no. Tell me. She said, do wholesome homemade food. And they've done it for over 75 years. They claim to use the same recipes from when they started in 1940. Everything is fresh, on-premise, no preservatives, no artificial ingredients. So here's what you can find. Southern fried chicken, yum. You can hear the crisp for miles away. Rotisserie chicken, barbecue ribs, fresh-made turkey, They have a large selection of homemade side dishes, mac and cheese, fresh mashed potatoes, cream spinach. They even sell homemade gravy and homemade pies. If you're driving out to the east end of Long Island, they're only about five miles off the LIE. You take exit 44 South and follow the GPS to 4321 Hempstead Turnpike. We picked up one of their family meals, which feeds two to three people, starts at only twenty three sixty nine, comes with eight pieces of chicken and two large sides. The staff is great. They help with the order. They packed everything in aluminum pans so that we could reheat it if needed. I'm telling you guys, it was really good. The fried chicken was Very tasty, not too salty, crispy, good spices. The rotisserie chicken was moist with a sweet sauce. The sides were outstanding. The portions are huge, especially with the family dinners, leftovers for most families for the next day. The customers in the shop were very happy. They all had favorites, 
And almost everyone said, you can't go wrong with anything. And many of them have been coming for years. Family owned, the staff cares, buy a takeout. I'm telling you guys, good price, good ingredients, delicious. And it was a good resource. Zorns, Z-O-R-N-S, of Beth Page. I know that you're really going to enjoy it. 516-731-5500-4321 Hempstead Turnpike in Bethpage. And here's what you do. Zorns, Z-O-R-N-S of Bethpage.com. Enjoy every bite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is John Katsimatidis Jr. Make sure to get my dad's new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. I'm lucky enough to learn from him every day, and now you can too. Read my book, and you'll find out how to make your first billion. Available now at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, wherever fine books are sold. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And today is like a persistence of memory day because Dr. Mark Hyman, who grew up to be the senior advisor for the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine, and that's only one of the two zillion things he does, founder and director of the Ultra Wellness Center, host of a top health podcast, The Doctor's Pharmacy, So many books, including a new one, which I just finished, naturally top on my list of what I'm interested in, (laughs) Young Forever, The Secrets to Living Your Longest, Healthiest Life. And what I love is that Dr. Mark says, even at an age when you think, you know, you're done, you can change your life and really add years and healthy years and enjoy everything. I met Dr. Hyman, I can't even tell you how many years ago. I'm sure you don't remember. We were at Canyon Ranch, which was more than fairly, 20 years ago. Fairly on, you know, not what it is yeah. over these years. And we were all sitting waiting for a class, and Dr. Hyman came by. <laughs> and we thought, oh my gosh, she's so cute. Let's bring all our daughters here. <laughs> and. That's how it started. In those days, we were broadcasting from Canyon Ranch every year. That's right. And we had a great time. And then you have gone on from success there to everything, to being a leading doctor for many leading political figures, entertainers. You've done a lot. I have, yeah. It's been a long, good road. And, uh, you know, bringing, bringing this message of functional medicine, bringing the message of how we can all actually activate our body's healing system and feel good is really the purpose of my life, bringing this this new science to everybody. Well, and what is so reassuring is you point out that even if you haven't led this kind of life, you can 
and do it fairly quickly. Absolutely. You know, Joan, we don't realize just how powerful our body's own intelligence for healing is. You know, when we cut our skin, we don't go, oh, you better like go over there, stem cells, and you put the skin together. It's just the body knows what to do. But what we're now discovering with the science of longevity is that we have these ancient built-in longevity switches that we can turn on and reverse our biological age. I'm 63 chronologically, but I'm 43 biologically because I've applied the principles of the science of longevity to actually understand how to activate my body's own innate healing intelligence. And and that can happen at any age. You know, I just quick story. I had a patient at Cleveland Clinic who came to see me and you know, you think, oh, this is good for prevention. If you start early, right. it's good. Find but, out what they you know, have. maybe it's fine. But it, but actually this is works for people who are at the end of the rope. This woman was was hugely overweight. Her body mass index was forty that's severely obese. Obese is 30. So that was, she's just huge. Uh, she had type 2 diabetes for 10 years. She was 66 years old. She had heart failure. She had a bunch of stents. She had high blood pressure. She had liver. She wasn't at all. No, fatty liver. She had uh, kidneys that were starting to fail. She was a mess. And she was on $20,000 of copay, her medication. That was just what she had to pay every year. She came to see us in three days of changing her diet using the principles uh, that I ha- I talk about in Young Forever about food as medicine. Three days she was off her insulin. Three months she reversed her diabetes, reversed her heart failure, reversed her kidneys failing, her reversed her fatty liver, normalized her blood pressure, was off Just all her from medications diet. from diet and a sim- simple lifestyle things and some simple supplements. All the things I talk about in Young Forever, and then in a year she lost 116 pounds. How'd she do that? Just. Just using food as medicine. Yeah, just following the principles of Young Forever, which essentially is designed to activate your body's healing. So there's no drug on the planet that could reverse her diabetes, reverse her heart failure, reverse her kidneys, fix all that stuff. That's how powerful food is. And most people understand that we have always like Goldilocks. I mean, like uh, the Wizard of Oz, like Dorothy, to actually click our heels and go back to Kansas. Metaphorically, we can click our heels and get back to health if we know how our bodies work. And this is really an owner's manual. If you have a body, how it works right. and what to do to keep it running right. And you also point out that the process of aging and and is a condition. I mean, it involves a lot of issues. It's not 12, like everyone says, oh, I have diabetes or my heart isn't yeah, good. Yeah. Or you say no. it's not 12 different things. No, it's exactly right, Joan. I think what's really exciting about the science of longevity is instead of mirroring what I've done for 30 years in functional medicine, is understanding the body as a system and that there are some root causes that underlie all disease. And if we deal with those root causes, we don't have to treat all the diseases. So scientists are saying, you know, if you cure heart disease and cancer and you got rid of them from the face of the planet, good. we'd only... Let's say we did, which we can't, but let's say we did. We would basically extend our life by about seven years. If we trust the hallmarks of aging, these underlying problems that go wrong that I explain how to do in the book, we might get 30 or 40 years of life extension because those are the things that go wrong that cause heart disease, diabetes, cancer, dementia, right? And that is the exciting part of the science is we now can not treat those diseases, but we can create health and treat these dysfunctions that actually give us a lot longer life and a lot healthier life. And what about people keeping their brains? I mean, where you point out in <laughs> Young Forever that Alzheimer's, with the billions spent and everything yeah. else, we haven't made no. any progress on any of that stuff. No, we've spent over 
uh, $2 billion on over, I think, 400 different studies, and, and nothing's really shown to be effective. Maybe a, you're a few months delayed to getting into a nursing home, but there's really no advances. But with this approach, we've seen remarkable changes in people's cognitive function. Using the power of, of the body's own healing system, we can help the brain repair, heal, and renew. And and my colleague, for example, Dale Bredesen, has written a number of books about reversing Alzheimer's and now has a book called The First Survivors. You know, we hear of survivors of cancer, but who's a survivor of Alzheimer's? Nobody, right? Well, now actually you can be, and it sounds crazy to say that, but it's hard to, it's hard to believe, but it actually I've seen it and I've had patients, many, many patients who follow these principles and get their brains back because it's really about what we're eating. It's exercise. It's environmental toxins. It's our microbiome and our gut and our nutritional status. You start to fix all these things and people get better. Which is still unbelievable, and they stay better, right? Yeah, if they do this. <laughs> it's like one patient I had, I, I cured his diabetes, because I told him to cut out all the starch and sugar. And he's like, okay, hey, Dr. Hyman, now can I go back to eating my carbohydrates now that my diabetes is cured? I'm like, no, it's what caused it in the first place. You can have a little, but not, not like you did. You hear that all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm better. I lost all this weight, so what's wrong if I have whatever? Right, right, no. And sweets. You and I have talked about sweets. I mean, sugar, unfortunately, yeah. I love sugar. Everybody does. Listen, it's addictive. And here's what we know about the science of sugar. It's actually doing everything in your body to accelerate aging. If you want to do one thing to you dramatically, yeah, it's, it's either give it up or just have it occasionally as a treat as opposed to daily a habit in your shirt, in your coffee, in your tea, and your breakfast cereals. It's in tomato sauce. It's in salad. I mean, it's everywhere. So you have to be vigilant. But the key is if you can cut down that sugar and starch, you, you let your body start to heal and get rid of all these age-related problems that are related to insulin resistance. And, and 93% of Americans have some form of prediabetes. They're metabolically unhealthy. That's a scary mm-hmm. stat. It's a relatively new statistic. 93% of us have either high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high blood sugar, are overweight, or have had heart attack or stroke. That doesn't that means sound good. 6% of us don't. <laughs> That's nothing. No. I'm count, I'm, I'm lucky I'm in the 6%, but I, it's because I know what to do and how to apply it. You know, I was always convinced when I was a kid, we always had a lot of company, a huge family, enormous meals all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, a meal was never over. You know, you dinner may have ended being served, but then you went to the next. And I was convinced that parents, including my own, would hold it out as a treat. You know, if you eat everything on your plate, then you can have dessert. Right, exactly. <laughs> With my kids, I vowed I wouldn't do that. So You let them have dessert first? <laughs> right. I'd come home from work and I'd say, well, what do you want? Knowing they were lamb. In those days, we ate lamb chops and meat and everything. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, Lizzie, my daughter, would say, well, I think maybe I'll have ice cream. I'd say, fine, have it. She, I swear to you, never cared about sweets. Not a big deal. Yeah. Because it, was it wasn't never forbidden. F- no forbidden fruit. Yeah, yeah. She just, and John is the exact same way. That's amazing. Yeah. You you want it? Have it. And so suddenly it wasn't as alluring as that (laughs) mysterious whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting with kids and with everything you do. But we we still love it. And even the Canyon Ranch that I met you at, the highlight was dessert. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate. We, you know, we evolved in an era where we didn't have that much sugar and we find a honey 
you know, comb somewhere, maybe some berries. The truth is now we're just swimming in a sea of sugar and flour, and that's killing us. That's driving all the the aging pathways. It's driving inflammation and damage to our mitochondria and our gut and 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 helps us to store belly fat and lower our growth hormone, which makes our bodies repair and increase cortisol, our stress hormone and adrenaline. And it just it just is a horrible cascade that happens as we age. And and the key to healthy aging and, and what what the sugar and starch does is it makes you lose muscle and gain fat. The key to healthy aging is gaining muscle and lowering your fat in your body because when you build muscle, you one can do stuff like you can get up out of a chair, you can open a bottle, you can do the functional things you want to do, and you have to build strength to do that. And if you don't, you'll end up being more frail, and that's why people end up in nursing homes, not because they're sick, but because they, they yeah. need. So you need to do resistance training. You need to have more protein as you get older, and particularly you have to take a break from eating between dinner and breakfast because if you. Give your body that break from food. It's mimicking starvation, and that puts your body into a repair mode. And you do this thing called autophagy, which is like self-cannibalism. You literally eat up all the bad parts and all recycle all the old stuff. And so you need a break from dinner to breakfast. So it should be like from dinner at 6 and breakfast at 8. That's 14-hour fast, which people think of as a big fast. But that's Right, but enough. you're not that aware of it at yeah. those hours. But if you're eating, if you're eating, you know... Like all day and then dinner and then have snacks at night, you're going to screw your whole system up. Most people do that. Yes. Late night eating is a huge thing and eating late and going to bed. So all that stuff is really bad for us. And then in the morning, you want to build muscle, you need protein. And actually, you do need animal protein because it's the most dense protein. It's the most bioavailable protein. It has the right amino acids, whereas plant proteins don't. So if you have plant proteins and you're a vegan, you need probably a processed protein powder and also to add in some amino acids like leucine to make sure you can build muscle. So the muscle thing is so key as we get older. I had my dad who was, you know, in his in the 80s, mid-80s, and he couldn't get up out of a chair anymore. And he would, like, struggle. And, he, I, I, you know, and so I said, listen, let me get you a trainer. We got a trainer. And then a couple years later, he's playing tennis with me. Unbelievable. So, I try to force myself to get up out of a chair. Yeah. Every day. But you need I, a trainer, Joan, to come kick your butt. I need a trainer. <laughs> I need a, or arms of a chair that I hold on and lift myself. Yeah, but, but you should be able to get up and just stand up without anything like that. That's normal. Without leaning forward. And if you can't do that, that's a simple exercise. That means your body is, has lost so much muscle that you can't simply And stand can up. you repair that muscle? Absolutely. That's the amazing thing that you know we have embedded within us, this ancient system of repair, renewal, and reversing longevity, reversing aging, if we know how to activate it. And most of the things we do in our culture screw it up. Our crappy diet, lack of exercise, stress, and, and all these things affect our biology in a way that makes us older faster. But we now can actually activate these ancient systems within us to reverse our biological age, to help us get stronger, fitter. At any age, it doesn't matter whether you're 80 or 20, or 50, or even 100, you can do these things. Uh, there's a, a great story of a, of a woman, uh, and I wrote about the book, Emma Morano, who lived to be 117 years I old. Saw that. And she, and she, uh, you know, when she was younger, her doctor told her to eat eggs because she was anemic, three eggs a day. And then when she was in her 90s, she was a bit frail, and her doctor told her to, uh, to eat 150 grams of meat a day, which is, you know, a fair bit. A lot. It's a fair bit. And she did. And she was like, lived to be 117 because the, the protein, is actually one of the most important nutrients as you get older to build and maintain muscle. 
So when you get up in the morning, you get up and work out first. Yeah, right? my routine is basically so in the morning it, it gets me going, and it's like my my longevity hacks in the morning. So I wake up, I try to meditate for twenty minutes. Can you? I do. Yeah, You're I'm not a, just trying. No, I'm a good meditator. I use a mantra meditation. I go I go really deep, very quick. Uh-huh. I've been doing it for a long time, and then and then I do a thirty minute workout with my bands. I use resistance training, uh-huh. very intense. I use the Tom Brady system, which is like. It's almost like cardio and band training, and I can travel with them anywhere. Then I have a, a in my home. I have a steam and a, and a and a big bathtub, and I take a hot steam for a while, and I, I get really Every hot. Day. If I'm home, yeah, yes, and and then I I use that to activate these pathways through this process called hormesis that I talked about in the book, right. which is a stress that doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So heat therapy activates your innate immune system. It cleans up old damaged proteins that lead to aging. Cold therapy. Then I jump in the bath, fill it with cold water, jump in that cold oh. bath. And it's actually amazing. You get a big hit of dopamine. It's like having 10 cups of coffee without you the... You sit in the cold, cold water? Full in. That's it. I lay down full in. Oh. And you know, two, three minutes in there, and, and it's powerful. And then you wake up, your dopamine is great. Your, it increases your metabolism. And then I and then I have my healthy aging shake, which I have the recipe for in the book, which is goat whey. I use whey protein as a concentrated more protein. I add a little creatine. I add some things that help my mitochondria, like urolithin A from pomegranate. And I add in uh, some adaptogenic mushrooms, and I put in some my my gut food product, which basically is like a multivitamin for the gut that I created. And then I essentially. Have that shake and it lasts me through. Is that shake delicious? It's delicious. I put in some berries and some macadamia mm-hmm. milk and, uh, I mean, it, it, it's got, it helps me build muscle, be stronger. And I can say at, you know, 63, I'm fitter and stronger and more muscular than I was at 30 or 40 or 50. Mm. And then you have lunch or you don't? Yeah, then I have it. lunch. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I, it'll last me a little longer. The shake lasts me a bit, but I'll have lunch. Usually some of a salad and a can of sardines or, or salmon and some nuts and olive oil and olives and avocados, some good fats. So you'll have a, a real lunch. Yeah, and then I and then usually at dinner I have a good you know piece of uh, fish or chicken or meat that's ideally grass fed. Can always get that, but and I eat lots and lots of veggies, so three, four, five different vegetable uh-huh. dishes. And there's certain ones that are really important for longevity. These plant compounds. So I I have cruciferous vegetables, a broccoli family. I have the purple Japanese sweet potatoes. So their purple yeah, color that- is super great for you. I have. That's what the Okinawans eat. Uh, they live to be well, well over a hundred mm-hmm. on average. Uh, I, I have also green tea, which is a very powerful activator of healing. I, I use turmeric in my cooking, but I also take turmeric supplements. Uh, and so basically you can start to include foods that activate these longevity pathways that I, I listed in the book that help people to yeah. sort of automatically do the right thing for their body. And let's, you touched upon supplements. Mm. And what do you take on a regular basis? Well, I, th- I think, you know, there's the basics that everybody needs to take, and then there's some of the emerging things around longevity that are cool. So I think everybody needs a multivitamin, fish oil, and vitamin D, because most of us are nutrient deficient in one of those things, and it's it's great insurance. And, and for example, with COVID, in Israel, they did a study where they found that if your COVID level was over, I mean, your vitamin D level was over 50, that you there was zero deaths from COVID, like better than vaccines in terms of effectiveness. So how do they get vitamin D? You need to take a supplement. So you can't, unless you're out there in the sun, well, half naked yeah. for a at least time. an hour a day. Good luck. You know, so, yeah. so you need, you need vitamin D and it, you know, 80% of us are deficient or have insufficient levels. And, and that was, that's a simple intervention. One study, they gave people vitamin D and reversed their biological age by a year by taking the vitamin D for a year. 
So you take that in your morning yep. after, with your shake? Yep. And then I also take some, some special phytochemical supplements. I use fisetin from strawberries, which kills zombie cells that we accumulate, these old inflamed cells. I take quercetin. But you don't take fresh strawberries, which I, I do if I can. infected a lot. Well, I mean, if, you know, most strawberries are sprayed with pesticides, so you don't want to have yeah. pe- strawberries unless they're organic. And they're, you know, but you can get the fisetin capsules, quercetin, which is Frozen. a- Frozen, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Fisetin is a very powerful compound from strawberries. Quercetin from onions is another powerful longevity supplement. It's a plant compound. I take curcumin, green tea extract. So I take these as part of my supplement regimen. And um, and I take some NMN, which is also maybe a little controversial, but there's a lot of research on this to activate a lot of the healing pathways. What And what is that? Is that a pill or it's a, a supplement. Powder? It's a supplement, yeah. It's a supplement. And basically it's been uh, something the body uses to activate sirtuins, which is the healing uh, pathway that reverses insulin resistance, turns off inflammation, helps your mitochondria work better, gets out the DNA repair army to repair damage mm-hmm. to your DNA. It's amazing. So uh, basically I include these things because I'm sort of, I'm sort of gung ho on this. Not everybody it's has lot, to do. Right? Not everybody has to do all this, but the basic stuff of eating well, moving your body, resistance training, protein in the morning, a good multifacial vitamin D that that will get people ninety percent of the way there. And the and the and the, there really is a very set of specific quizzes and questionnaires in the book that actually help you identify where you're out of balance and how to get back in balance and treat some of these underlying things that are causing rapid aging and disease. Did you ever get COVID? I did. How did that happen? How did it survive you? How did it happen? Well, it's everywhere. So I, I probably no, was a group is, of people. Everywhere. And, yeah. And I got it. And I wasn't, I wasn't too sick. I, I was, I did pretty well. I did my normal supplements with it. Like I did a little bit of active, uh, uh-huh. uh, other active treatments and I did really fine. How uh, long did it last you? Uh, the first time, maybe, you know, uh, four or five days, I was feeling a little tired, but, um, the second time I had a cough, which lasted a longer part, about uh, yeah. 10 days. So, uh, but I got through it. And it's still everywhere. Still everywhere. Not as bad. But well, we have to live with it, I think. Yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere no. fast, right? Mm-hmm. Even the injections and everything. No, I mean, the, you know, the vaccines don't give you immunity from getting the disease. Uh, it just prevents you from hopefully having a severe reaction. But, you know, there's, it's very controversial now. I'm talking to Mark Hyman, Dr. Hyman's Young Forever, his brand new book. So before I let you go off to curing a zillion people, if you're listening and I want that, what are the simplest things I can do without changing every single thing in my life? Well, there's a few simple things that make, I think, the most difference. The first is... Really understand that sugar and starch are bad and that you can have them occasionally as a treat, but they should really not be the staples of your diet. And that is driving every process of aging and ultra processed food, basically, which I go, I put in that bucket of that. Second is you want to add in all the good foods. So lots of phytochemical rich foods, colorful fruits and vegetables. And then the other key as as you get older is protein. So make sure you have probably more than you think about 30 grams per meal as you get older, is really essential. Poultry, fish, chicken, fish, meat, meat, eggs, a protein shake, whey protein. So that's you can eat a lot of protein, which makes you full. Yeah, it makes you full. It's it speeds up your metabolism. It actually helps build muscle. It's it's we we have what we call anabolic resistance as we get older. It's harder to build muscle. We need more protein. And then the last thing is, if you're going to do one kind of activity, resistance training, bands, body weight, weights, whatever it is. 
you got to do something to build muscle because that's going to keep you functioning. If you want to take a walk, if you want to get up off the floor, if you fall, if you want to do anything, you know, to be enjoying life, you have to have muscle. And this is where metabolism is. When your muscle starts to be replaced with fat, you get diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, cancer, dementia, and low growth hormone and high cortisol levels. And all these horrible things happen and low sex hormones. And so, so you get a real problem if you don't actually keep your muscle. No, and it's, it gets harder and harder. You know what the big thing here has been? A pre-diabetes medication that they're metformin. all taking, metformin, because they claim it gets rid of their appetite, they yeah. lose a lot of weight. Oh, on you everything. mean Ozempic? You mean no, Oz- metform- metformin. They metformin. Yeah. And they claim that does all those yeah. things. Yeah. But now people with diabetes can't even get it. Yeah. Because everyone's using it as a weight thing. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think there's there's two things that are happening. One, metformin is a drug that's being recommended for um reversing or slowing aging. Huh? Yeah. And it's a diabetes drug. It's been around for a long time. You believe in it? I think it it can be helpful for some patients, but I think the the data show really clearly that lifestyle interventions work far better. So changing mm-hmm. your diet and exercise work far better than the drug. And I'm uh, cautious about it. And there's some big trials going on. I talk about it in the book. The other thing that's being pushed is Ozempic, which is in Wigovi, which is basically a, an injection that's a, yeah. for diabetes where it's like $1,700 a month, and people are using it for weight loss. And then, yes, diabetes patients can't get it. It's a diabetes drug. Uh, and it's one of those vicious cycles where you have to stay on it. But it also, I'm concerned about it. There's risk of cancer. There's uh, some evidence that it causes you to lose muscle, which is not what you want to do. So I, I think if you stop it, people often regain the weight. So it's, there's no quick fix. I mean, the beautiful thing, like I said, with the patient story at the beginning is that she lost at 66, 130. 16 pounds simply by using food. Another patient lost 134 pounds and got off 10 medications. She's going to be in women's world soon. Basically used, used the principles in my book of eating real food and getting off the crap and just common sense. It's not that hard. Do you drink? Uh, I do. I drink a little, but wine. I really, I don't drink that much wine. Occasionally I have a tequila. The truth is that, that alcohol, uh, we thought might be helpful for health, but it really is not. There's no health reason to have alcohol to have it recreationally like sugar occasionally for fun okay uh, but if if everything else in your life is balanced you're fine but if you're drinking every day your risk of cancer and other conditions mm-hmm. just goes up it's terrible for your brain it's basically a poison is wine better than liquor no uh, <laughs> the wine's got more sugar actually <laughs> i hate to tell you and one, and one shot of tequila or five ounce of wine or 10 ounce of beer the best is the one shot of tequila that sounds good. <laughs> no, tequila is, the thing is, vodka used to be really strong, but tequila is stronger. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, it depends what you like. You have a little vodka, tequila, fine. It's just, it's what you put with it, right? If you pour in grape juice with it or grapefruit juice or Dip in your cookie in it. Yeah, not a good thing, yeah. No, that's, all right. Every time I talk to you, I'm inspired. I think you have to move in. Okay. Deal. When you leave, I try to remember everything and say, no, you can do it. You can change your life. Get that old jump rope out. Do yeah, you all the you stuff. can, Joan. Come on. You're going strong. Your mind is strong. You got to keep your body strong. Yeah, I'm trying. It's a lot of body to keep strong. We're working <laughs> on it. Dr. Mark Hyman, you've got to read his new book. We don't say that about every book. Young Forever, The Secrets to Living Your Longest, 
healthiest life. And it's not impossible. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. I promise you. Take care. All the best, Dr. Mark. Thanks, Joan. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. Much more ahead. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I'm really happy to introduce all of you to a wonderful actor and performer. I'm sure you've seen him work, and you certainly have heard about his latest venture, Anthony Rapp in the Broadway, off-Broadway premiere of Rent. And Without You is what it's called. And it's an extraordinary happening because not only does Anthony bring the character of Mark Cohn in Rent, but he also talks about the show, which is at New World Stages. And this is based on his memoir of the same name. And the audience is really involved. And Anthony, were you yourself surprised with the book and now with the play, the audience reaction to it, and how Rent was such a vital part of their lives, even today? Um, I honestly was surprised, Joan, with the, when the book came out that it was uh, as well received because you know memoirs are so personal, and when when stories are that personal, it's you hope that they reach people and that there's a sort of sense of it being universal, and it turned out to be that way. That's why I wrote it, um, trying to talk about loss in a way that could be accessible and that people, if they had experienced losses themselves, might be able to identify with it. Um, and then, yeah, the, the response from the audiences has been really incredible. And I do know that rent over the years has has meant so much to people. And uh, that is still the case. It's thrilling to me that Jonathan Larson, who sadly passed away when he was only 35 years old, right before rent premiered, um, never got he never got to live to see the success. But it, it is very meaningful that it has had its success and that his legacy lives on. No, that that's for sure. And you yourself went through your own loss at that time. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, the whole story. By the way, this show is performed with a five-piece band. So even though it's a one-person show, there's music and there's everything. And it it all started when you did a workshop of Rent many years ago. And and then, of course, you lost Jonathan Larson. Your mother had been ill with cancer. So you dealt with events that were literally life-changing at this point and used your own experience and your own gifts with music to tell us the story and remind us about all the lessons that we get from Rent. And... I loved the part when you were being interviewed at one time and your mother, who had been so ill, was in your audience when you did it. And you could see her and almost focus on her sitting there. Yeah, the way that the lights were in Rent, we could really see deeply into the audience. Um, And she was ill, but she was well enough to come to our Broadway opening night. And uh, it is one of the most precious memories of my life that I can 
in my mind's eye, see her in the front row of the mezzanine, just looking down at the show. And because in Rent, we sang directly to the audience so much, I could just sing to her directly. Um, it was, it, 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 it's something that I carry with me to this day, uh, and, and it brings me tremendous comfort. She was really, you know, she was a nurse. She wasn't in the arts herself, but she was a tremendous lover of the arts, and she was a huge supporter of mine as an actor. I've been acting since I was a little kid. So to have it culminate in this wonderfully successful and beautifully received show, Rent, that she was able to be there for opening night on Broadway, which was, you know, the epitome of my of my acting career at that point. Um, it, it was really extraordinary. Right. And the whole experience is extraordinary. And you had mentioned when everyone, of course, says, you know, what is it about Rent that has enabled it? What, over 25 years ago when it started off Broadway? And it never disappeared. It's always there. I still remember it all those years ago, going to see Rent and like almost stunned at the impact that it had on the audience. It became such a personal show. And you were saying that you think one of the reasons that Rent touches people so much of all ages, whether they've seen it then and are seeing it now or never saw it before, is about truth, that yeah. you believe that Jonathan Larson understood how to tell truth about human experience. Yeah, and I think that, you know, at the time, certainly, I think it's there have been other musicals since Rent that, that I think uh, do what Jonathan did, which was hold a mirror up to the current personal experiences of people as we live in the world before then so many musicals were really kind of fantastical and you know or about ancient history uh other people other places rent was about people living in this city at that time um so he was telling the truth about lived experience that people could go to the theater and have it reflected back at them in a way they weren't necessarily expecting especially in musical theater um, and then he told the truth. I mean, he stood on the shoulders of La Boheme, the opera that Rent is based on, telling the truth about what it's like to lose people, young people facing a crisis, you know, the AIDS crisis for Rent. It was it was consumption for La Boheme. But he told the truth about that and what it, what, how these experiences can either bring a community of people together or tear them apart. Um, so those are the kinds of truths that I think Jonathan told. And I think that is what people carry with them. And, it, you know, people use the phrase that rent changed their life. And that's not necessarily a phrase that people say you just sort of throw around just, you know, casually. <laughs> um, and no, I think but it's, because, you it, know, yeah. Also, as an artist and an actor, it changed your life. I mean, you went through many layers of experience with this show. Yes. Yes. It, 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 it changed my life materially, certainly. But it also... There was something life-changing about, you know, uh, having success from from something that I 100% believed in. There's such an affirming, powerful experience of validation, like a deep kind of validation. You know, these these beliefs that I have that art can elevate and illuminate and touch people and change people's lives. That's something I've always believed. That, so then to have the show be recognized for that, that kind of solidifies a core belief in myself, that's, that in and of itself is life-changing. 
Which is really interesting because one of the things I kept thinking of with all that you went through, how did this art, this piece of art, this communication, this show, give you the tools to get through terrible loss? Well, I mean, the night that Jonathan died, we performed the show for his friends and family. And in the text of the show, it was like we were, it was like Jonathan had written his own memorial. He gave, in a way, it was like he gave us uh, tools to process the loss of him. And then then that absolutely uh, folded over into my experience of of the longer goodbye of my mother. yeah, the, the the ability, you know, there, there's something about Rent that people, the char- the characters continue to live fully, even and and not deny the 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 sadness, not deny the grief, but but not let it stop them from continuing to live every day to the fullest. So having that to remind me every day as I was going through my own very personal loss was also incredibly empowering and as well as being uh, an avenue to express the the sadness. So I, I felt like I was fortunate. You know, if I'd been doing some other show, like, I don't know, some crazy musical comedy, I probably would have felt very differently, you know, going through the loss of my mom. But the fact that I had this show that dealt specifically with these subjects helped, was very helpful. Right. And Jonathan, the family is still involved in all this as well as, you know, your friends and family. Were you concerned when predicated on other things that you've done, you brought this off Broadway? Did you ever question whether or not the audience was ready to take it again? Um. I mean, I, I I am aware that the show does have some pretty sad moments and tough moments of like just, you know, this is what it's like to lose your mom. And um, I'm aware, I you know, there's a part of me that wonders if people, I, I could understand if that might be too much for some people sometimes. But at the, on the other hand, uh, I did this show in Toronto several years ago, and there was a young man who came up to me after the show, and he said his mother had died the day before. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I hope that this wasn't too much for you. And he said, actually, this was very, very helpful. So I don't know if I understand, you know, these things are difficult to confront, you know, these these powerful losses. At the same time, I do believe that the show does provide an avenue for people to have a sense of processing through it or some kind of catharsis. And um, that's very meaningful to me. Well, And the story, again, Jonathan Larson, this brilliant young writer who, like many people in the arts, really had a struggle to bring his work and his thoughts and his experience to to come to pass. But he did. And ironically, he died. Wasn't it the day before you were about to open? Yeah, we, it was the, after the dress rehearsal at the New York Theater Workshop where the show had been in rehearsal for a few weeks. We had our dress rehearsal. He hadn't been feeling well, but we just thought, you know, it was exhaustion. Um, right. And and he went home that night in the middle of the night around 2 a.m. and he collapsed on his kitchen floor and died and his roommate found him. It was this oh. terrible event. He was 35, just shy of his 36th birthday. Um, and, yeah, so it was right before previews. Um, and we, you know, during previews, you continue to work on the show. You keep, you know, making cuts and changes. And he was, 
he was so at the peak of his powers, he may very well have written a, a new song. I mean, we just don't know. But we, we did our utmost to keep going and trying to make the changes that we believe he would have stood behind um, and continue to try to make the show the best it could be, all while, you know, processing our grief and shock at this very sudden, terrible loss. Um, and but again, when he... yeah, he'd written, yeah, he'd written this material that kind of helped us, too. And I still remember before it went up that people, because he got a lot of press because Jonathan passed away. And I remember people saying, well, you're not, you're going to think this is ridiculous. It's a crazy kind of opera about these nutty kids downtown. There's drag queens in it. There's everything but the kitchen sink. And then suddenly magic came it opened and that was it and all these years right still magic yeah i mean i do believe that that power you know he music also communicates on a whole other level he wrote beautiful music that you know people when you say people of all ages i mean i've spoken to so many people over the years who's very small children when they hear you know their parents were playing the music the kids these very small kids completely gravitated to the music and when i remember early on downtown at new york theater workshop coming out and there were older audience members that we wouldn't necessarily predicted would have responded to our show who waited to speak to us afterwards because they were very moved by it it made them think of their children and grandchildren so it does span generations and it had that even before it became this huge international you know success it was like like very early on that people were having this powerful, powerful response to it. It must be an interesting experience, too, for you, Anthony, to be surrounded by these people, you know, whom you had lost. And they're with you every night you're doing this show, including your own mother. You know, the vision of seeing her there and being able to take it all in all those gifts, and you can relive them doing this. Do you ever feel like that? I feel profoundly like that, yeah. I I feel, you know, I'm actually speaking to her in the show, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, it's, when, I, when I, I, I play her, I don't try to, like, totally imitate her, but I try to evoke her rhythm, her sort of way of being. And, yeah, I get to, I get to have com- continuing conversations with her, and the gifts she gave me as a mother in terms of the amount of support and love and uh, empowerment that she gave me, I get to kind of, yeah, live in that. And it's very, very present for me in this very moment. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I get to, and I get to share aspects of Jonathan Larson that maybe some people aren't as aware of. And I get right. to, you know, I get to stand on his shoulders, um, carry on his legacy uh, he's made such a profound difference in my life, and I hope that I can, you know, by doing this, honor that difference and, and return the favor to some degree. Right, and we're still talking about years ago, so that when you came out years and years ago to your family and your mom, did they accept you? Yeah, my mom, you know, it was – she did accept. She was mostly concerned. She was a nurse. So she was very, very plugged into what was happening with HIV and AIDS. So that was her primary concern. And she expressed that concern. And she was very, you know, uh, insistent on me being safe, which I always endeavored to be. Um, And, you know, as as a child actor, I'd worked with 
actors and stage managers who'd been ill with HIV or AIDS and had passed away. So that was primarily what was on her mind. She was concerned for my safety and well-being. And, you know, and uh, but it was not, you know, it was not a lack of acceptance, certainly not on the level of many people experienced, especially then and still now to some degree. Um, but, yeah, thank you know, one of the wonderful gifts of the time that we spent together before she passed away was we really came through the other side of all of that. Any, any sense of discomfort or worry really um, was, uh, was brought to another side. And we had, we were, we were really becoming adult friends and that, you know, that's one of the things that I miss the most as the years have gone on since she's been gone is how much more, we would have been able to share as adults, which is a, a different kind of relationship that adults mm. have with their parents right. than you do as a child. Right. And it's it's sad and it's whatever. It's a lot of different factors come together. I'm talking to Anthony Rappin. We're talking about his new one-man show, Without You, and it looks at Anthony's life and the changes in his life and the successes of one of the great rock musicals of all time, Rent. And it's if you've never seen it, it's really important to see. It's changed so many people's lives, and it's changed musical theater in many ways, too. So I'm very excited for you. Congratulations. Are you, you working so on more or no time at all when you're doing this? <laughs> no time at all right now. I also have an 11-week-old son, Oh, yeah. Tell um, so, me about the baby. Yeah. Um, uh, my partner, Ken, and I um, worked with a wonderful surrogate uh, and a wonderful egg donor. Um, and we had our son, Rye, in December of last year. And he's 11 weeks old now. I, we had He was born on December 2nd. I started rehearsal for Without You on January 2nd. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, Were you scared? Um, I was I was certainly a little scared of, of that time, you know, especially early in rehearsal. There's many, many hours where I was out of the house. We have had help from Ken's very best friend. She was able to stay with us during the tech rehearsals and things like that. But um, he's, knock on wood, uh, sleeping through Great. the night. So, um, <laughs> and he's growing like a weed, and he's really wonderful. I'm excited for you, and you know how thrilled your mom would be. Yes. She would be. She wanted to be a grandmother very badly. Of course. Well, wishing you all good things. And thank you I look so much to talking to you again. And don't forget, guys, you can see it's a very important show for you to see. If you've seen Rent, if you haven't seen Rent, this could be life changing for you too. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC, and we have lots more ahead. The First Lady of New York Radio. This is Ask Joan. We love designer handbags. The problem is they love us too, but they're very expensive, really expensive. So I'm going to suggest that if you really want one, you have a special occasion, you're going somewhere, maybe you have a job interview, or you just like to have the latest, rent, 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 because then... You can have a bag for an occasion. You can change your handbag whenever you want for a new look for a fraction of the cost of purchasing. Renting is a great way to go before you decide if you want to buy. It's like renting a car 
before you buy it. You don't want to spend thousands on a handbag to find out it doesn't fit your needs. Check out Bag, Borrow, and Steal. Bag, Borrow, Steal.com, 866-922-2267. This is considered the leader in buying, borrowing, and selling authentic luxury items. They've got Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Saint Laurent, and others to rent. What I like is with bag, borrow, or steal, you just have to find the perfect bag, enjoy it, return it. No membership requirement, no hidden fees. The price includes everything, rental and shipping. Some states require sales tax. But you rent your handbag in one-month periods. If you want to keep it longer, keep it. They'll renew it automatically. But here are the prices. Louis Vuitton, the Loop shoulder bag, two fifty a month. Gucci, Bloom's Wallet on chain bag, one fifteen a month. Chanel, the mini chain bag, the mini chain belt bag, two fifty a month. One negative with bag borrow and steal, they don't offer damage insurance. You're responsible if anything happens. Uh, Vivrel.com, V-I-V-R-E-L-L-E, different from bag borrow or steal, a members-only club, access to designer handbags, jewelry, watches, and diamonds. So you apply to join. You wait to see if you're a good match and accepted. You have to join for at least three months. Four tiers of membership from thirty nine a month to two seventy nine a month. If you're interested in handbags, they have three options thirty nine for jewelry only. The ninety nine classic month plan says you can borrow an item, jewelry or handbag with a retail value under four thousand dollars. The one ninety nine couture plan let you borrow an item with over 4000 retail value dollars and the 279 couture plus membership allows you to borrow two bags one from the classique and one from couture range and vivrel carries all your famous designers they have chanel hermes gucci bottega free shipping with membership both ways and with vivrel you can borrow the same bag for months or change your bag monthly, the same as bag, borrow, or steal. You can use the website and a 14,000-square-foot appointment-only showroom in the Nomad section of Manhattan. You can see it on display and take it home. The best thing about Vivrel is they offer members two levels of damage insurance. A base policy free to a member covers normal wear and tear, and an upgraded policy for a fee that covers more. And if you love your rental, Vivrel offers you a way to purchase by using a portion of your rental costs as credits. Here's some examples. With the 99 Classic membership, you can borrow the Louis Vuitton Monogram Palace BB. The retail is 2 thousand seven hundred and sixty but you're not paying that the Saint Laurent a very you know the retail is very high but you can rent it at a good price and with the couture membership the 199 you can borrow Chanel 
The lambskin quilted large boy bag, 6200 is the retail, and you can get it for a fraction. Or the Hermes. They're great opportunities if you're into top-of-the-line designer bags. So check it out and enjoy. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC.